Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Praise Revolution Radio. Look, my mask may have to hang out like this. I don't know. It's on my earring. I don't know. It's a lot. Okay. Right? Just bear with me. It matches the ruffles on my shirt, though, right? <laughs> you know how I do. It's your host, Tedessa J. Here this morning on Praise Revolution Radio. Ready to start the show. I'm excited about this show. Um, there's a lot going on in this show, a lot going to happen uh, during our time together today. So sit back and relax. We're going to unpack it. Um, I'm excited. Um, a couple of things. Uh, of course, you know, this is uh, the pop-in with Dr. Barnett, and she will be joining us here shortly. But then also, we are discussing today Hispanic Heritage Month, and we partnering and getting down with our Latino and Afro-Latino brothers and sisters, and I am super-duper excited about that. So, um, yeah, we're going to unpack a lot of things and, and just have a good time like we always do. So, first, I think I need to remind everybody, Mike, because you know how I forget, <laughs> that we are, you know, this is our live segment, so you're able to catch us live every Saturday at 12 p.m., and you can get in and be a part uh, of the virtual exchange, or you can catch the replay at Facebook, Instagram, um, on Praise Revolution Radio's pages, or you can check us out because we are podcasted on Tidal, Apple Music, and Spotify. That's right. We are trying to bring these nuggets to the world through whatever mediums we can. And listen, I might, I may uh, publish um, a playlist this week. I might do that. I may publish one under the YouTube channel or and the Spotify channel. So you guys look for that. And then, uh, yeah, so I'm super excited. Listen, I've got a couple of things. We have a giveaway today. So I have these nifty bracelets that were made by Nicola bracelet and I don't know can y'all see my nails so okay the story is right these super ornate nails my sister Bianca Arias uh, my Hispanic sister does this for me we have we have a long-standing friendship over my nails and uh, there's someone else um, in that in our little gang who makes these beautiful beaded bracelets and so I have a couple to give away today. I have that and uh, a devotional that we're going to give away to some lucky listener. So I'm super excited about that. But if you guys uh, like these beads, you're welcome to check out Nicola Bracelet on Instagram to make your uh, your order. All right? That's Nicola Bracelets at on Instagram. And place your order through her. Um, she will construct your bracelet overnight and then uh, ship it to you fairly quickly y'all hear I'm, I'm rocking out to DLG right now that's my jam <laughs> yes okay but anyway so yes Nicola bracelets so I've got two to give away along with a uh, devotional and uh oh and a CD of, of yours truly's love revolution part one so put your bracelet on and rock out to, to some good inspirational music and read your devotional. And shout out to Nicola. Uh, Nicola's son was killed about uh, a year ago. And they're holding a vigil for him 
And I thought it was apropos to discuss as many people in the African-American community, you know, are losing loved ones and children to senseless violence, either, you know, being inflicted upon them by uh, police or just in the community. So I wanted to recognize Nicholas A-Rex Solomon, which is her Nicola's son, and uh, just recognize that she is is dealing with that loss. Another mother in our communities who have, has lost their children. Um, so we're praying for her this weekend. But we appreciate her product. So if you, you guys like it, check her out at Nicola Bracelet. All right. And somebody's going to get two of them. So... I don't know, Mike. What's been going on this week with you? What is that? Oh, we have to talk about that off camera. But listen, li listen, guys. I didn't know that my engineer was of Hispanic descent until today. <laughs> because he doesn't look it, right? So then we've not ever discussed it. We just bond over the art that we create. Uh, but yeah, he's, I said, Mike, we're doing Hispanic heritage. And he said, yeah, I was check, I was digging the playlist. And he said, it reminded me of my roots. And I said, does it? And so we learn something about each other every week here on Saturdays um, when we come together for the purposes of the show. So I guess, Mike, let's get into the love word of the day, shall we? All right. So this week's love word of the day we thought it would be apropos that it is solidarity. And so solidarity in its, you know, germane definition means unity or agreement of feeling or action, especially among individuals with a common interest, mutual support within a group. And so we thought that was, that was an important love word of the day this week because we're focusing here on this show on Hispanic Heritage Month today. But Hispanic Heritage Month started um, mid-September and it's going to run uh, through mid-October. And I know a lot of people really kind of focus on like the one holiday, right? Cinco de Mayo. But no, we have a whole month that celebrates uh, the vibrancy and the vitality and the importance of the presence of our Hispanic and Lato, uh, 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 Afro-Latino brothers and sisters and so we wanted to take some time during our time here on this show to spotlight that and show that we do stand in solidarity with each other okay always and so I have a quote from Eduardo Galeano who if you guys don't know is a Uruguayan journalist and writer okay and uh, he it's a little tidbit um, the president of Venezuela gifted President Obama a writing by Mr. Galeano um, called The Open Veins of Latin America um, during during a White House visit. So this brother is a heavy brother, a uh, heav heavily philosophic brother in the Latino community. And uh, Eduardo Galeano said, I don't believe in charity. I believe in solidarity. Charity is so vertical, it goes from top to bottom. But solidarity is horizontal. It respects the other person. I have a lot to learn from other people. So when we're standing side by side, that's showing solidarity, right? When we're not looking at each other from any other vantage point other than like this, right? So I thought that was that was a super dope quote from Eduardo Galeano. And then 
what does the Bible say about solidarity? Well, I found quite a bit, but I wanted to call your attention to 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 13. And that says, just as the body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Solidarity in biblical form. And, you know, I, um, I've seen a lot going, you know, back and forth in communication and uh, people falsely charging people or falsely charging uh, particularly, you know, God and religion for the condition that we find ourselves in. And it amazes me that, that, that the people don't understand that they have divested from the very thought process that we were just speaking about, which is solidarity, and that God created us all together, and we're all one in the body of Christ. And so if we, if we lead and act with that, then we all stand in solidarity at all times. It is only when we divest from, from that notion that solidarity is lost. So the word of the day, y'all, solidarity. All right, all right, all right. Perfect timing, perfect timing. Our co-host has arrived. And we are going to move forward. She has, look, all in God's perfect timing. It was, it was all good. So, without further ado, I will introduce to the Praise Revolution audience this morning. As you all know her, every fourth Saturday, on she pops in and we discuss all things um, as relates to what's going on in this world. And we tie, we bring it on back to the one, to the to the one who has the power to help us through it. Um, you guys, welcome this morning, Dr. Barnett. Hey y'all! It's good to be here, and this is very different. I this is my first time in this studio. Yes, yes. Usually, Dr. Barnett is uh, uh, yeah. remoting in due to the COVID, um, but it was never uh, the intent that I she should be okay. away from us. And so, I'm so happy that she is here. And Mike, I think I, so. Now we got we have to go back, and so I can do my little thing. So, Dr. Barnett, I told the people, you know, I got, see these nifty little braces. So we have those. Yes. Um, they were created by our, our uh, sister, uh, our Dominican sister, and she has a business doing this, and we're going to give have a giveaway. Oh, very nice. With uh, a, a devotional. But I have something to give, too. Cue it on up, Mike. Let me get that Stevie Wonder. Oh, yeah. This is cool. <laughs> In case you all did not know, this week was Dr. Barnett's birthday. Yes. And so I would be remiss. If I did not acknowledge said birthday here today on cool. Praise Revolution. This is really a surprise. You got me. Oh, you know. I, I think the gift of being here is, is it, it is the, the gift, but this is extra. This is, yes. You know, I don't, you know. Well, you know, I like to celebrate all month, so it's right on time. All right, cool. So I'm going to insist that she open this gift on air, and then we're going to stop all this playing and get and, and, and bring out our, our, our These guests These wonderful on. people we have here. <laughs> but, Dr. Barnett, I wanted to present you with this gift from Thank you, you so much. Happy birthday. I have to open it. You I have do. to open it. You me. do, please. I want you to open it. <gasps> yes! Yes! Am I too loud? Am I? Happy birthday. 
birthday. This is so good. Happy birthday we to you. Happy about birthday this. to you. Oh my ya. goodness. Happy. Yeah, this is a children's book. Can you see? It? It's a children's book. And I love it because we quoted from it the last time. This is so cute. And there's more. Oh well. That's Ooh, just, music. That's just laying. Yeah, that's just laying. Who is that? That's the, that's the Dre. <laughs> Thank you so much. This is very special. I, I really appreciate this. Very, very thoughtful. You're welcome. It's a special. I think it has CD and audio. I see. It's a whole book package. Yes, ma'am. I'm very encouraged. This is very nice. Thank you. All right. All right. I appreciate it. All right. All right. All right. Happy birthday to Dr. Barnett. Thank you so if y'all much. get a chance, y'all make sure that you all give her a birthday shout out if you already have it. Yes. Yay. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, without further Ooh. ado, I'm excited. I know, me too. This is good. This is going to be great. Yes. Um, well, here is here is here is why it's going to be great. First of all, this is my first time in the studio with Tedessa J. I am so grateful she gave me a little bit of this time, and then we talked about it more than a month ago. I think some ideas, and I knew that um, this being September, of course, I'm going to celebrate all month, but it's also. Um, Hispanic or Latino American uh, Heritage Month. And so I know several cool, cool people, really cool people. I've seen, I've seen. Um, really cool people that I wanted to introduce to your audience, but also because we are living in a time where I think this dialogue is so important. So we have already talked about solidarity and there are so many layers that we're going to deal with today. I just started reaching out to folks that I truly appreciate and for various reasons and different levels and depth of relationship, but I truly appreciate each person that agreed to give us a little bit of their important, precious Saturday morning time and be with us on a show that some of them are being introduced even today, but they'll probably start checking in more regularly. Um, (laughs) And to expand our audience to let others know about some great things going on. So in the spirit of solidarity and um, all that we'll talk about today, because we have about three different segments. So the first one, I have some sisters in the queue waiting uh, yes, to come uh, yes. on. I've met them. And so let I'm me excited. say a little bit about each of them, and then I want to just jump right into what we're going to talk about today. And I wanted to sa- start this first segment with um, kind of a sisterhood solidarity piece. Uh, Tedessa and I, I think, are exemplifying exemplifying that right now in the fact that she's even sharing her platform with me. So I am so eternally grateful. Thank yes, you. And yes. I mean that. Um, but then I have some sisters that we've crossed paths over the last few years. The first is Deanna de Pilar. And y'all, listen, I've been I've been learning Spanish for a few years, so I'm not trying to be grand. I'm just trying to use the language and speak it properly. So we, We've both been doing it all morning. Okay. It, it, it is <laughs> to, apropos. To honor the language, you know what I'm saying? So my sister Deanna is here with us. And also, um, she she is a principal of a school. I'm going to let her t- talk more about that in a moment. And then my sister Janet. Now, let me tell you, Janet and I met through fun times. Janet and I met through dancing salsa. Ah, yes. I love yes. to do that, too. Mi hermana Boricua. Si. She, <laughs> very fun lady. We've also traveled uh, together and enjoyed. We were supposed to go to Cuba. But that's another story. We're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into that. Don't, 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 don't bring that up. I want to go. <laughs> but uh, Deanna and I have enjoyed it. But I wanted these 
uh, Sisters to Talk. This is solidarity in sisterhood, but also to bridge some gaps with Afro-Latino sisters. And then as well to talk about women as the primary uh, homemaker, business people. We are first CEOs of the home, you know, (laughs) CEOs of the home. These women have some beautiful daughters. I want them to talk about a little bit of empowerment. How do they help their daughters, their girls, their women now, pretty much their women, uh, grow into the fullness of who they are. And then I want to touch a little bit on some social issues that we're, we're, we're dealing with these days. So I would like to introduce, introduce to uh, some, I know you may have friends that may tune in later, but these are my special guests, my sister Deanna and Janet. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. All right. Welcome. Welcome, ladies. So just yeah. to jump in, give us just that one minute more about who you are. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Um, I asked you to be here for specific reasons. One of you represents business industry a little bit, and the other represents the education system. Two places, I believe, of course, women definitely have to have their voices raised and and give that special touch of our influence. But tell us a little bit more about what you do, your background, and help the people know and appreciate you like I do. <laughs> Does it matter who goes first? Take it. Okay. Uh, well, good afternoon. It's it's a privilege to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share a little bit of my perspective and a little bit of who I am. Um, hopefully I can bring uh, something of value and something that we can all take away from. Um, I am a first generation immigrant to this country, um, born in Monterrey, Nuevo León, Mexico, uh, proud Norteña. Yeah. And so, yeah, my, my parents actually um, moved to Houston when I was about uh, just under three years old. Um, lived in a little apartment off of I-10 near Studiwood and 6th Street, which is now a booming uh, Heights community. Looks very different. If you ask my dad what it looked like back then, he would say the following. Was that a pura raza? It was a hotspot for immigrants, right? We knew it was a safe abode where we could find somewhere to live in a temporary place um, as we transitioned into the pursuit of the American dream. And um, through the course of my life, I have learn to find my voice through the experiences that my mother gave me and watching my father um, pursue improvement within the workplace. So I can remember two piercing things. One, I always spoke English for my mother. Mm. That was a profoundly shaping um, experience that was over the course of my entire childhood, adolescence through adulthood. Um, Speak English for her now and then, even now. Uh, but I nudge her because I know she knows English now. <laughs> um, so what's piercing about that is that is how I found my my grit and strength, persistence and voice um, in a fearless way, no matter how the world on the outside is looking at you. And so I, I thank my mother for inadvertently, unintentionally giving me that that strength and relentlessness in, uh, in demanding sometimes that my voice be heard uh, when injustice or uh, being subjected to something less than what is deserving of a human being. Um, so I got that from my mother. Uh, from my father, um, I learned that if you apply yourself, you can uh, grow through education and in his uh, and questioning. So uh, over the course of the years, I've gotten to learn my father's story. And that story was one of many questions and pursuing answers that are non-traditional. And so he taught me that if they offer you a lesson or if they offer you a class, you take it. So from not knowing English to knowing English and watching my dad learn English through classes and pursuing his education within the workplace, um, put him in a position to help us grow as a family and buy a home, buy a house 
in Alding, which is where I currently serve. Wonderful. So I grew up here in Alding from kindergarten through 12th grade, had the opportunity of attending a high school where I was too duly enrolled. And that became the opportunity for me then through my friends to pursue a college education. It was not my counselors. It was not my teachers. It was not anyone within the school that got me to pursue my college education. I didn't know anything about college. My parents didn't know as immigrants. It was my friends that took me um, in their car to go sign up for classes at a community college. And it's a story for another day, but through life situations and happening, such as getting married and getting pregnant and wanting desperately a college education so that I would never be in a situation like my mother, who I love my parents and thank God to this day they're still married, but the violence in that home and the physical, the physical abuse that my mother experienced taught me at a very early age that there was no way that I would be stuck in that same situation. And no matter what, I was going to have my own education. Mm, wow. And so through marriage and pregnancy and being at a crossroads, what do I do now? And I'm relentless about this pursuit of education. And the answered prayer was a scholarship to become a teacher. Awesome. And that was not my pursuit. I wanted a degree in management information system, computer science, artificial intelligence, something really geeky and nerdy with computers. <laughs> but God said, no, ma'am. God said, you are in this fork in the road because you're going to do my will. Deanna, I see you getting a little emotional. <laughs> <laughs> so here I am now full circle. Yes. I became a teacher. Well, I appreciate that. Eventually a principal. Thank and now I'm, I'm a principal here in Aldean ISD. Yes. Fantastic and much needed in that space. Absolutely. And I've heard you speak passionately about your, uh, she's very passionate about the needs of the students and being an advocate for them as well, especially those who are underserved. And I, I know now just hearing so much of what I didn't know before that that comes from a very genuine place. Let's jump in and get a little bit from Janet. I want to know where you are in life. Um, you can share as much or as little as you'd like, but uh, obviously I, I know you're in business. You, I'll tell, you can tell them where you work and what you do, but um, and some of your background as well. Okay. Um, again, my name is Janet Poe Pizarro. I am um, right now, um, I am in the banking finance industry, I actually do mortgages right now. Mm. And, uh, and I'm also I'm an adjunct. I don't think you knew that. <laughs> so I do teach online. Awesome. I teach professional development. Um, my background is I'm an Afro Latina and, uh, and was raised with a very strong Puerto Rican mother. Um, and uh, that's another story. But one thing I, I, I will tell you is um, I've learned through my life to embrace all aspects of being an Afro-Latina. Um, I also taught my girls, my daughters are very, they're mixed. They have a little bit of everything. So I have three beautiful daughters. They're all college graduates and they're doing being very successful. And I, I contribute that to them watching me uh, be, um, be persistent, persistent consistency. Um, I was a single mom for a while. And so I, um, they saw me study. So I do have a, my bachelor's and a, my master's degree. And so, and they're, they're, and now I have one of them, one of my daughters, she's still getting her master's right now in counseling. Um, I think the, the biggest, uh, anything that has to do with Afro-Latinos, I'm in it. Um, being an Afro-Latina is, is a very challenging position because, in fact, there was a video I was watching of a, a lady, I have to send that to you, uh, Lakeisha, but it talked about how, you know, I'm not black enough, I'm not Latina enough. And even the host said something interesting and not to pick on you, 
But when she said her, her person, that person she works with, she didn't know he was Latino because he didn't look like him. Right. Mm-hmm. Looks like him. Did you yeah. catch that? Yes, I did. I wrote it down. And not, and not to hate on anybody. No, he looks Asian though. And he admittedly well, looks Asian. But that's the thing. That's the that's the that's thing that uh, I yeah. cringe yeah. when people say that because Latinos, just like any other culture, they come in different come facets. In, uh, that's yes, right. And they come in different colors, and they have different hair. There's no such hair as good, such thing as good hair or bad come hair. Come on, Janet. Are, yes. So you know. So <laughs> you know, I, we I, know. I, you know, I know. Uh, and I, I had to say this. And then there's another <laughs> thing that I have to to bring to your attention. Not to pick on nobody, but we're trying to bring yes. in enlight, enlightenment. Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> I wrote that down too. <laughs> you know, girl, you already know what I'm gonna say, Diana. Shingle. What did I say? Tell I wrote me. it down. Yes, I did. So Cinco de Mayo is not a Hispanic. Um, uh, uh, holiday. I know. So I don't. Yeah, single. That I mean, it's more of a, a text. A Tejano. That's something text. that we do. I, I understand. I, I yeah, yeah, that's something more American, more over here. Because even my no, friends in Mexico, Mexico. They and, that, and that's what I meant. I meant that <laughs> that's something that that is unto us here in American or even Texas culture. Yeah. Versus that's not something that's broadly. You understand what I'm saying? Applicative to the Latino, the thing, to real Latino culture. Because I've had people say, oh, happy single de Mayo. And yeah, you're like, like, whatever. Like, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. We have to. You don't know me. <laughs> yeah. I, and not to pick on anybody, but, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when people look at me and say, they hear me talk Spanish. Ooh, oh, my gosh. And where did you learn it? Did you go to school? So those are the kind of things that um and I, I that's a very passionate subject to me and i've taught my girls how to embrace all parts of them um they all three look different if you look at them one of the, i have a set of twins they don't look the same but um but you know i i love all my latina uh sisters i have latina friends from mexicana one of my best friends um is from day and that, that, that so those are some tough girls. I love them. And then I have them anywhere from Colombia, everywhere. And so we're all so different, but we all are, like you say, what is that word? Uh, solidifies. Yeah, solidarity. solidarity. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Solidarity. Yes, yes. And because, but, but unfortunately, that is not the, holistically, no. that's not the, it's not really like that. Because if you look at the news um, right. or novelas and everything, uh, they don't even look like Diana. Or, or or me, they all look like uh, they came somewhere from Spain. England. Sure, mm-hmm. yes. Looking, so it's not just same. We're doing a little better here, but uh, that is my passion, and I love my music. And yes. and I, one thing I love, and you don't know about uh, Doctor over here, but that girl got some rhythm. I tell ah, you, she's talking about me. Like, <laughs> yes, grace, rhythm, and grace. <laughs> she can move, Doctor Lakeisha. I think it's in uh, the sangre. <laughs> That girl, I, I think she got some Latin blood in her. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> you know what? I appreciate you saying that. Not not about me. I'm, I, there was one incident. I was with you one time where there were we were at a table at a conference. I don't know if you remember this. A couple of years ago, we were at a conference, and there were oh. other. It was primi- predominantly African American women there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we happened to be at the same table. And, and just what you described is what I saw because the other women, yeah. she was speaking her native tongue, Spanish. She was speaking Spanish. And one of the ladies said, oh, where did you learn that? And they were amazed. And we looked at each other. I'll never forget our eyes yeah, I remember. met each other. And she politely said she smiled, that pretty smile you see there. But she smiled and she just politely said, I'm Latina. 
Mm-hmm. And then people are like, oh, okay. And so I've been watching, uh, because since I've been in dance community, I've been watching different things. And I appreciate, I love that women like these two are so very strong and open and, um, and never, you know, they're never intending to be offensive. But I think we all can be educated. I think oh, there's absolutely. so much that we can learn. And, and as I've been closer to the culture, born, born and raised in Houston, I mean, we're in Texas, so you're going to have a lot, a large population of Latinos. But the diversity and what I've experienced over the last couple of years have has just been so wonderful and I appreciate being able to have conversations um, like these or just make observations and you're right I felt like to be honest with you when I got into dancing I felt like I did tap into some roots I didn't know I had and I think it's because um, so much of the the source of the salsa sauce (laughs) has to do with rhythms from Africa and the things that are truly in my blood. So I've just, I've just loved it and and enjoyed watching and and seeing all of the diversity. So thank you for sharing that. I want to switch and transition just a little bit to talk about solidarity. We only have just a couple of minutes because we've got so much packed into this one hour, but I needed people to hear your voice. Um, They should definitely follow you, see what you're doing on social media. We'll give you a chance to share that in a minute. But I want to talk with you just very briefly about um, solidarity as it as it relates to black and brown um, connections, coalition, what have you. And I have to bring this up because there are two <sighs> breathe. There are two um, recent tragedies that literally um, I've, I've I was speechless. I've not been able to make up a statement. Not that anybody needed me to, but just. I've just been speechless, and I know that it has been the grief, the the horror, the anger, um, everything related to both Breonna Taylor and Vanessa Guillen. Um, And I lift them together because I feel like there are so many ways that um, when we come together in solidarity to make sure, especially for the sake of women and our daughters and sisters and mothers and aunties and everybody, that there can be so much power. And I just want you to briefly share if there's anything that you've had to talk with about your girls, talk with um, to your girls or if anybody in your circle has expressed anything you think we would benefit from as it relates to um, these tragedies and, and how we should be able to connect and really band together for justice. I'll, I'll say something. Um, I'm, I'm like you. I, I try not to be too controversial on my social media platform. Um, uh, as a mother of three girls, I mean, it, it hits you hard. You see that and God forbid, you know, I don't even want to go there. But um, I, I think one of the things that I have been educating myself is this is really nothing new, unfortunately. Uh, women of color have always has been victims um, for a very, very long time. Um, and, and that's a sad thing. When I look at everything going on in general, this is, this is not new. They say things have changed. Things have gotten better, and um, I, I think it just—it's it, it, a cycle. It just it's, things calm down a little bit, and then it just goes. It gets. It, it elevates. So when it comes to this, I—the I, only thing—and and I'll be honest, you know, talking to my girls and just being safe and pray a lot of prayer, um, because these people were doing—they were the what she was sleeping, and the other one was working. You know, they weren't in the streets. They weren't doing anything crazy not that they deserve it if they were out there but they were in there they were doing their thing and their home yes you were sleeping yeah. I, you know so 
um, as a mother, I, I, I will tell you, I'm not a fearful person at all. I, I'm not afraid of much of anything, but for the first time in my life, I felt fear in, you know, and really the fear is not so much me, but my children and my grandchildren. Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest thing now is, you know, I don't have the answers. I, I, this is the first time in my life that I can tell you I, the peace is very disruptive right now. And I just, right now I'm praying to God to, to bring me peace and, um, and just making sure my, my family, my loved ones and anybody that we, we can come into that one place where we can, I don't know. I, I mean, you know, that, that makes sense. So yeah, I don't know. I get it. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Janet, for sharing that. Um, In regards to specifically the murder of Vanessa Guillen, um, I've heard several things. Um, One that probably really, really put me on the fence, and I had to take a a stand, was was people saying that uh, Latinas should not uh, enroll in the military. Do not enroll in the military. Don't do it. It's too dangerous. It's, you know, it's not, I mean, I think Lulac said that. And so yeah. as a woman of faith, mm-hmm. I say, no, we will not walk in fear. What we'll do is educate our women to take advantage of the opportunities that are there. If that's something you're interested in, if that's something that you're passionate about, your passion is to serve in that way, serve the country, serve your family in that way, then make sure you're educated. No what the chain of command is to communicate inside and outside the institution. And that's in the workplace, in a dorm at a university, at work, in the military. This is institutionalized abuse of women, murder of minority women that should not create a fear and a position of not engaging the opportunities that are there for all of us. We need to change the rhetoric that we give our, our daughters and move to um, teaching them to be informed, right? Right. To be mindful of their safety at all times, to pay attention to cues and body language, to document, 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 write things down, communicate quickly to your family and friends. Don't keep things in secret. If you feel that Holy Spirit nudge that tells you something's not right, you say it, you write it, you document quickly, you communicate quickly. And those are that are, that are spectators or they're the friends or the confidant then you see something, you say something, you know, it, you're not being a friend if you see something, but you don't, you don't speak the person's experience to someone in power of authority yeah. or outside. You, I think oftentimes we stay within, we're trained to follow chain of command and authority so well that we don't go outside of that. So we've got to teach our daughters yeah. that if you're not seeing the results that you need, you go outside of the box and you find the safety feature. You find the safety advocate. You find those up. ways to be safe. I'm um, so then, sorry to cut in here. I just ahead, we have no, about thir- we have 15 seconds actually because we, we need to thank transition. You. And I definitely sure. want to thank you. I know Tedessa has something, but we've got a couple of other folks. I want yes, I, I, really quickly because this is not the first um, group, if you will, that I have even on this show I've discussed with a, with a different set of people the concern of serving because of who you are or who you represent um, in the military. And so I just want for the listeners, you know, can you give me one or two examples as to why there's a stigmata as to, you know, you shouldn't seek to serve if you are of Hispanic or Latino uh, origin? 
So it's not a stigma. I think it's just fear, right? So it's protection. We protect our daughters from being murdered by telling them not to do things that are dangerous. It's, very, it's a very natural, instinctive thing to, to advocate for. We're going to keep you safe by keeping you away from that. Mm-hmm. Just gotcha. don't do it. Just gotcha. don't go there. It's don't kind do of it. Thing. But okay. that is not gotcha. what we, we believe. It's, yeah. you know, I got gotcha. you. Teach them to walk, to pursue their dreams and pursue right. and chase what their passion it is in their soul, but teach them to do it well. Right. With safety and precaution. Thank and you so much. Thank you all so much for your commentary. And I'm, I'm praying the fear away myself. I've never uh, been one to think I shouldn't go here. I shouldn't go do this or I shouldn't, right. you know, but I, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm a little uh, trepid and apprehensive about moving about the cabin. Like things have to really be logistically thought out these days. Right. And so, I, I mean, I understand, I completely understand mm-hmm. and empathize and I'm praying with you all and pray for me as well. Yeah, we are in this together. This is what Solidarity is about. We have to keep having these conversations and being a supporting encouragement to one another. So thank you again to this. And thank, well, thank you, you so much, thank ladies. You, I know ladies. we could have spent another hour talking deeper into so many pieces of this, but I am so grateful that you all decided to tune in and be with us this morning so bless you thank you thank i'm you hoping so much. we can get back to dancing it was, soon it was an absolute <laughs> pleasure having you yes thank you both okay thank you thank Bye-bye. you adios adios Adios. <laughs> ciao, ciao. so we've got two more segments to just jump in um let's take this transition to get right into it. I've got some brothers I love. I hope that they are still connected. One is so big. No, let me just say this. Both of them, they are so, so busy. So the fact that they decided and agreed to be with me, to be with us this morning is a treat. And I'm not just overselling it. I mean, these are some power players and I'm not going to say anymore. I'm just going to ask the good doctors to come in and give us a shout out. Yay! Hello. Hello. Hello, hello, Marlon, Dr. Smith. Yes. Long time no see. How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you all? Doing well. And I, I wanted I wanted to reiterate that this morning Dr. Smith was uh, doing a voter registration initiative. And so you would have gotten a complete reprieve were you not able to join us at all because that is paramount and most most important right now. And we, we talk about it every week on this show. We talk about it every week. Every week on this show. So thank you for that. Thank you for your service. Hello, Mr. Guerra. How are you? We spoke earlier. Hi. I met these two. Dr. Smith is the one that introduced me to Dr. Guerra. So I'm grateful. And since then, it's been about three years, I think. And since then, whenever um, I'm privileged to do anything that would help us to build solidarity, strengthen our ties, I, I think of him first because he's such like he's an undercover superhero. Many yeah. people don't know that. <laughs> Both of them. I always talk to Dr. Smith. I say, have you saved the world yet? Have you saved the world? <laughs> have you saved the world yet? These two gentlemen are doing great work. I want to uh, briefly say, like I did for the ladies, that they are uh, dear to me because of their heart and their compassion for all of humanity. But we've talked on a couple of platforms before about solidarity. And um, Marlon actually not only represents our African-American presence, but uh, many may or may not know if you're not following him on social media, his grand 
grandfather was Panamanian, so he's one of my Spanish-speaking practice buddies. Um, and then Dr. Guerra, also from Mexico. I want you all to share a little bit about what you do um, and tell us this particular segment. I wanted to talk a little bit more specifically about getting people out um, to vote, uh, presence in community service and activism. Uh, Dr. Guerra, you you do a lot of things with immigrant immigrant rights, um, mm-hmm. had the privilege of being asked by him to speak, um, I think it was earlier this year, um, on behalf of those rights. So just jump in and help us kind of understand what you do when I say you're superheroes. And I know you're going to be modest and not try to accept that title, but that's what I'm giving to you today. <laughs> <laughs> so whoever wants to jump in, Dr. Guerra, go ahead. Uh, first, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I guess give you a little bit of background on who I am. Uh, I'm an engineer during the day, very much practicing engineer, uh, doing some really cool infrastructure work uh, here in Harris County. Uh, but uh, I do spend as, 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 as much of my time as I can. Uh, thankfully, I have a very patient wife uh, and supportive wife. He's a newlywed. Uh, Let me jump, put that in. You got to oh, say newlywed. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. We got, we got married during COVID and it's been an adventure, but... Uh, but yeah, so my free time, I get to uh, do a lot of, as uh, Dr. Barnett said, immigrant rights, uh, also a lot of civil rights and uh, voting rights work. Um, and in that work, uh, I've seen uh, the detriment of certain policies on the Latino community, but it's also very obvious that uh, policies that are negative or bad for Latinos are bad for African-Americans as well. Uh, and uh, it's also very obvious that policies that are bad for African-Americans are bad for Latinos and vice versa. What's good for Latinos is good for African-Americans and what's good uh, for African-Americans is uh, good for Latinos. Um, and I know Dr. Barnett and Dr. Smith, we've had a, 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 these conversations before, so it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Dr. Gara, I'm so glad that you said that, um, that, you know, because many times we we do not fully understand um, that there's no enmity between the two communities. And when mm-hmm. one is when one community is fighting for the civil right of something, we are actually fighting for the civil right of, of everyone, meaning everyone who is not a part of the majority. And I think sometimes that that very aspect is, is very often lost. Yes, ma'am. You, you know, in the civil rights movement, uh, a lot of folks associate that uh, with African-Americans and justifiably so, obviously. But uh, on one hand, uh, Latinos and, and other minority groups absolutely benefited from uh, the civil rights movement. Absolutely. On the other hand, uh, we're obviously, if you're paying any kind of attention, the movement is not over. Um, and in a lot of ways, uh, the Latino uh, community is, is, is going through a civil rights movement of their own. Uh, and uh, mm-hmm. I think there's learn from the African-American experience. Yeah, let me jump in before Dr. Smith said, uh, Dr. Guerra is an avid reader. Um, he, often he'll post on Facebook what he's reading. He's he, For his enjoyment, he reads novels and things that are like this thick. And a lot of it, has, <laughs> and for his, is, is, um, a lot of it has to do with history or some biographies and, and, and things that I feel like are beautiful. I love that I've seen him reading uh, such a diverse uh, spectrum of of things that I believe I can just imagine him reading it, but also seeing how it applies to present day issues and the struggle that he is trying to fight in Latino community. Am I right? When I imagine you reading that and you kind of picking out. 
Yeah, you, I, I enjoy reading, but also, you know, I'm an engineer, so I'm practical. So I really enjoy uh, lessons learned and, and, yeah. and from and applying them today. You're right. Absolutely. Dr. Smith, jump in here. I, we talked so often. I, I know that you could spend an hour or more uh, digging into some of these things, but I want you to kind of take it from a perspective of what you've learned um, as one who is to some degree, we could say Afro-Latino, you have the, the blood, the, the mixture of the cultures and what you see um, as it relates to solidarity, the, the pros, the cons, the good, the bad, where it's worked, where it hasn't. Give us some insight. Well, so first of all, let me also say I appreciate the invitation. Uh, so cool. I, I, yes, I'm sir. excited mm -hmm. for all of the things that you all are doing. And it's good to see Ray. I haven't had a chance to see him physically in a while, so it's good to see him. Um, so yeah, so I think I think like Ray and like your former speaker said, <clears throat> solidarity is is key. I think the thing that I would probably want to add is that solidarity doesn't happen if we're not honest about the the context on which we stand on certain platforms. So in other words, what I mean by that is if we if we can't be honest about why we're together and how we're together, then we won't be able to be in solidarity. So I can't, for instance, be in solidarity with white people who want to, for instance, to proclaim that racism, systemic racism doesn't exist. Until yeah. we get that foundational understanding together, then we can't be in solidarity. Well, we can, we can be in discussion, we can be in conversation, we can be in learning modes and discourse but we can't be in solidarity. I think the thing, the reason why sometimes it seems like within black and brown communities that there's there's this tension between black and brown communities is because there's actually tension within Latino communities. I think one of the things that we often talk about when we talk about Latino communities, we talk about Latinos as if Latinos are a race, right? To say, for instance, mi abuelito son de, él es de Panama, it's not to say that he, he isn't black. It is to say that his nationality is Panamanian, Panamanian. Mm -hmm. and his ethnicity is Latino. So, so what we what we really haven't really discussed is and is in very clearly within Latino communities, and that's where I actually realized that the conversation had to begin, is that the conversation actually had to begin in Latino communities because we haven't really reconciled the issue of race within Latino communities. So. That's a and, good point. Let me just say that the last speakers, that's what Janet was talking about, mm -hmm. being an Afro-Latina and her own experience with that and, and some of the ways that um, even media, and we know this is African-Americans here, but in Latino community, the telenovelas, you only see a certain type of Latina who is beautiful. <laughs> I mean, it's so in our community as well. Right. And that's um, your point. But, we get that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, 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 and you're right. And, and so I think there are things in which then the African experience across the diaspora is true, which is this, 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 the, the problem of anti-Black racism, which is prevalent in all colonialized countries, whether that is in North America, South America, Central right. America, or the Caribbean. And so we're wrestling with, with all of these different isms that come from white supremacy that keep us then from dealing with uh, the the solidarity that we are all trying to commit to, right? So, so for me, part of what I I I I try to do is I try to create platforms for not only conversation and discourse um, that leads to kind of, a, but I also try to create then foundations for program planning, so that we can create synergy around the things that are crucial to us, right? I like one that. of the mis, you know, so one of the misnomers, and I'll probably end on this, is to say. That, for instance, even within the African-American experience, there is no African-American history 
without thinking about that from a global perspective. Every liberation moment that has taken place, for instance, in African-American life and culture since we've come to the North America, and let's be clear, Black people did not come to the North American continent in 1619. That is when the United States brought Black people. Black people have been coming to the United to the North American continent truly actually before white people even discovered that there was a North American continent here. But but even in slavery, they they came to the Caribbean and other places. But what we but what we really did not do very well was shatter the the ways in which that experience informed how we think about race and identity and blackness. And so that's the work that I do. I really try to wherever that is as a scholar, as an author, as a as a as a, a nonprofit leader, as a theologian, as a pastor minister, I'm I'm trying to do all of that work in all of those spaces to get that done. And that's why I say superheroes. They're <laughs> 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 trying to do a lot. Dr. Gilder, you had something it looked like you wanted to jump jump in and say yeah, I just want to emphasize uh, what Dr. Smith is saying. I think uh, definitely our current stories uh, bind the black and brown communities, but he's making a very good point that our our histories back in the day also bind us. He mentioned colonizers. Colonizers uh, enslaved Africans, uh, but they also colonized Latin America, and they enslaved right. uh, Latin Americans, Native Americans, and they even committed genocide, right? So we're bound in, in through history by colonization, uh, enslavement, racism, and oppression back in the day. And that is what binds us today, right? And so uh, in this, I think that, 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 that history and the current story binds us, but it also should contribute uh, to ours being purposeful in, 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 in creating solidarity. Yeah, it really should be. I, I was inspired to have you on, not only because, again, these are great thinkers. I think they articulate such profound truth in so many different ways and dimensions. And this is just a just a tip of the iceberg. Um, but I also wanted to get from you in your respective places of influence. What can we take away from this move, movement right now? What's going on right now? Not only for your own community and your target, but... Is there a space, and I heard you, Dr. Smith, I heard you very clearly, Latino community needs to address with their own, you know, address their own issues there. But let's just hypothetically believe there's this space where all of that is dealt with. <laughs> let's pretend like, okay, we can start somewhere together. How would each of you contribute to a conversation and say, what can we do right now that could really bind us? Let me say why I say that. Um, I, I ran across a um, black and brown coalition Facebook page from Chicago and mm -hmm. then I started researching and I saw several different other communities yeah, that have such a strong you you have a clip of that I do oh okay cool um <laughs> so so there are so many um black and brown coalitions yeah, um yeah, it can yeah. be either in education it yeah, can be in business there's so many places the that Chicago. it seems that some people are kind of getting it, you know, and even if all of those other preliminary issues aren't ironed out and smooth, there is something that you start with. Mm -hmm. um, you see there a graphic there, Latino and black leaders united across neighborhoods to denounce hate. We're stronger together. Again, I love and I quote often what um, Dr. Garrett says, if it is bad for this community, it's really bad for this community. And so if we it's sad to say we have to get together because of bad stuff. But <laughs> if, that, if that's the way we do it, how can we see more of that? What would be your your words of wisdom? Leave us with something, if you can, practical um, that that might put us in the right direction. Read. Like the 
the, the issue of racism is surrounded by the, by, the, by the confusion of hate, but hate is confused, which means that it doesn't, it, it doesn't, it, it's, it is bound by ignorance. Mm -hmm. So the, the Bible even talks about that dark can't, bring, can't do away with darkness, only light, light can. can. Mm -hmm. And so that means that really what we have to engage in is coming together to learn, learn the history. And that includes black people. Right. Black people need to understand, for instance, that Haitians, for instance, Haitian, Haitians on the island of Haiti, who are Latin American, who are Latin, is a Latin country, fought in every liberation movement for black liberation since black people got here. That we need to understand that that the work that we're talking about is around white supremacy. And the only way we're going to deal with that is to start to, as Ray is saying, read books. And we hate the books. <laughs> we hate reading because we think that we already know what it is we already know. <laughs> so Because we so think we live artist, it, right? Yeah, we, we think we live it. And, and so I, I, I'll give one quick example, right? So I have been in the last, since COVID, really doing a lot deeper work around my own family family tree lineage because wow. yes my my abuelo came from uh was born and raised in panama and his mother but the reason why the way he was able to get here was actually through his father who was a u.s soldier hmm. and he was able to come to this country i didn't i knew some of that story but i started looking that up and i come to find out that his father was a mulatto and that his father was actually a white man and so there was like it just started a whole serious problem in my family when i pulled that up it's like we don't tell that story so so we but that is a sense of saying that we've come here and i live my life but there are things that we don't even know that we don't know and the only way that we do that is when we come together and we start to learn of each other All and right. from each other and i'll just add that uh, absolutely i'm obviously a big fan and advocate of reading uh, but take that reading uh, and and act right. And uh, I'll say I'm very encouraged uh, at the at, you know we've seen on TV a lot of the rallies uh, and protests and uh, and here in Houston uh, you know I've participated and been and I've seen uh, you know in rallies for George Floyd T-shirts and signed "Tu lucha es mi lucha." Yes. Struggle. Your fight is my fight. Uh, but also, a, we've, we've uh, and uh, Dr. Barnett has participated in supporting uh, immigrant rights uh, uh, issues and policies. And I've seen a more than ever uh, African-American faces uh, at, in those marches. And so a, I think it's got a lot to do with an enlightened youth that are teaching uh, us and, and our, you know, our fathers uh, in a lot of ways uh, this, about solidarity and about love. So uh, November's coming. Uh, we're we're uh, a couple of weeks away from early voting. Uh, I'd say action. Uh, don't just vote. Ask ask your parents to vote. Ask your kids to vote. Ask your friends how are they going to vote. And if after they vote, uh, donate, volunteer. Uh, there's so much need for volunteering right now. Um, if 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 you're not going to act now, when are you going to act? Right. This is good. It's fantastic, and it's it 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 sounds as though what we're saying is. We need to hang out together more. 
not only in the time of right. you know disparagement and crisis, mm-hmm. but hang out together more Absolutely. as communities to understand yes. that as you know First Corinthians 12, 12 and thirteen, we're all one. We're all one part of the body. This has been good. And that's exactly what I found. I I grew more and more in love with, um, I was already there. I was already there in my heart, but I grew more and more in love with the more I learned about different communities and wanting to be actively involved, not ever feeling that I needed to not be fully who I am, Mm -hmm. but to be blessed by embracing all that others are and what they bring to this wonderful buffet of my life that is so beautiful. So I thank you so much for being with us. I know Dr. Smith is hurrying to get back to his work. He's taking care of it right now. Dr. Guerra, thank thank you. you. He's an activist on the streets. You all have been a great, great, great blessing for us today. And I appreciate it. Hope to get to see you soon in real time, right? pleasure having you guys here on praise revolution you you're welcome back at any time i'd love to have you back and just talk more in depth i know we we kind of skimmed the surface but i'd love to have you back when whenever you're ready thank you love y'all keep dancing oh yes yes (laughs) yes thank you (laughs) bye-bye well, he transitioned us quite well to yes. our next and our final guest. This has been yes. so rich. Um, this gentleman is, I, I think I love that each segment has introduced a little bit of the, the next. next. So when he says keep dancing, let me tell you that the gentleman we have coming up right now, I call him Mi Maestro, is because he's the... <laughs> they're playing I, 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 I know my, my way around the, around the playlist. Okay, I like all right. stuff too. I like I like the song so as well. He's playing a, a great uh, familiar uh, merengue song. Thank you so so much, Mike. Get Mr. Raul Edwards on. He is a great, fantastic salsa teacher. Uh, here in Houston, but he's so much more. Um, he is a chef. He's an opera singer. He's 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 all about the culture and the arts. And I wanted to kind of end and transition us on something light and great because I know we've talked about some pretty heavy issues, but one of the ways we can hang out together is to enjoy the culture, the music, the food, the arts, the shows. And so Mr. Raul Edwards is coming on and what he's going to help us appreciate is what it means to embody that um, that 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 cultural connection he has been in Houston like I said for more than 20 years he is actually from Panama so like I said each segment has transitioned us to another and I'll tell you that he was the person that made me feel like salsa and dancing could really become a part of my whole life uh, we, he, he made fun of me when we when I first started <laughs> when I first started dancing but since then he is he is truly a dear um, and he's spoken on some of his experiences before so I have so much I could just jump into this but mi maestro te extraño mi maestro hola Lekisha como estas muy bien muy bien welcome to Praise Revolution Radio you know to Jessa J she's excited to have you here with us we're going to get I'm you dancing I'm just rocking out because I like what I like too <laughs> you hear her merengue song whatever you have to do can you hear the merengue she's playing oh. suavemente Now now I do, now I do. Yeah, you hear the merengue, okay. (laughs) So you are from Panama. Our previous guest just talked a little bit about what it was like um, as a person who has Panamanian heritage. And um, Dr. Ray Guerra also talked about and Janet, everybody's been kind of interplaying. This is so wonderful. Um, but I wanted to start off, like, give us a little bit about your time here. We've got a few minutes, and I just wanted everybody to share what, who you are and, and, and a little bit about your background, because you do so many things. Okay. Well, I, when I moved here from 
Panama and I've been moving around the States. When I came to Houston 25 years ago, I began looking at the art scene and I, and I did realize that, as some of the guests said before, that there was a lack of diversity and, and representation in the, uh, in the Latino community. So what I decided to do was to start working on projects and events that would actually bring forth the diversity that is contained in the Latino community. So like for me being Panamanian Jamaican, I decided that we needed to start bringing those those elements out in the community. Yes, he's done a wonderful job. Tell us what you do. I know about Salsa y Salud, but you've done some other things. And so tell us a little bit of the details about what that looks like. Okay, the first major thing I did in Houston was to establish Houston's first salsa studio. And that was done in 1998, Strictly Street Salsa. So we are approaching 25 years and that's that's very exciting. So that's one of the things that we did. Uh, other elements that we have done and other areas that we have worked on in the community have been, as some of you guys were talking about, bringing, building bridges. So I began to work a lot in the African-American community to understand the community, to learn about the community, and to then start looking at those places, those gaps, those bridges that we can start building between yes. the communities and then create that solidarity and also that unity. Yes. Let me let me talk about something you said to me once. Uh, we had a conversation. We've had a few good conversations, but one of them is when you discovered the blues. Ah. You remember that conversation and the music and you started listening to the blues and the, blues and the story. And mm -hmm. you said to me something that in, in, you were enlightened by civil rights and, and the blues and the stories and the richness of those stories. Do you remember that conversation? I do. <laughs> and, I, it, <laughs> and it was specific to a performance that I had attended. And it was four women that 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 four women that were performing. And I was completely I couldn't stop live streaming because the music was amazing. But more importantly, it made me see the it made me start understanding the beauty and the contribution that African American communities uh, have done in, in the shaping of the United States were when we literally look at pop culture and pop music, it is black. It's the roots are in the black community. And that's when I began to see and appreciate even more those things that have been done and decided that I should make it part of my mission to understand and to learn more of it. Wow. I wanted to, uh, just as a tidbit, I heard for the first time um, I, on The Marvelous Mrs. Meisel, and it's set in the 1950s or early 60s, and they were down in Florida, you know, going to the hot spots, which had heavy Cuban influence at the time. And what was depicted on the last season, right quick, I was so floored and just so moved by it, and I was, I loved it. I heard for the first time like the equivalent of a, a Latino blues song. It was called uh, Lo "Loco Amor." And yes, I mean it's a throwback. It's one. Of, it's a throwback because what they did was they played the song and they mimicked the artist in the in, like say in a in in a setting in which you could have seen that artist sing mm -hmm. that song at that time. So I, I had to research it, and I mean I'm like in love with it. Um, I was trying to pull it up so I could tell you the artist name, but it was it sounds like a like a blues song uh, but it's latino uh, and i was just in love with it oh my uh, god okay i'm sorry i digress 
So you do you do a lot in Houston. He's put on a show every year. Tell us a little bit about what you found. We talked a little bit about the diversity in the Latino community. You obviously are Afro-Latino, and you, you stated earlier you are of Panamanian and Jamaican descent. Um, what was your experience coming here? Because I see you on the street. You look like my cousin. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's hey, yeah. we're cousins, right? But I remember you also sharing that there were people who didn't really see you as a black man because you're from. So tell me a little bit about your experience as Afro-Latino, I know. Yeah, so uh, when, I, when, I, when I came here to, to college in the United States, I was in a small college in Oklahoma, and uh, I, I had not understood the whole issue of athletics. So the question that I kept getting asked was, are you on the track team? Oh. And I went, no, oh no, I'm not. Wow. Are you? And then they will go down the list. Okay, so you're not on the track. Are you in the basketball team? I go, no. Are you in the baseball, baseball. team? Wow. And then they just kept going. And I said, well, no, actually, I came here for an academic uh, scholarship. And it was the, oh, 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 wow. So wow. you know that? You know and I was like, no, I just exercise, but I'm not on any of the teams. So I began to, to start experiencing that. And then when I moved to Houston, <laughs> one of the uh, anecdotes that I had was that I just I still remember I was at a food truck and and these tacos were amazing. So the day before I had ordered them in English uh, and the woman and I the woman gave me the onions raw and I wanted the onions grilled. So the following day I went back and I go, we're getting this order correct and I'm going to do this in Spanish. So I spoke to her, Segurita, por favor, mira que cierro los tacos con cebolla, cebolla, quiero la cebolla cocida a la plancha, and literally she just stared at me like this. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, when she came out of the shock that I was speaking, granted, this is like in the 90s, I was speaking uh, Spanish. Perfect. There was Spanish. A, like, the what? Perfect Spanish. <laughs> Perfect Spanish. There was the, uh, this black guy standing on the other side of the, of the, of the truck. And he, when she turned around and started making the tacos, he turned around and he goes, hey, what are you doing to do that? And I was like, well, actually, I just didn't learn it's how to do it. Yeah. I, <laughs> this was my first language. <laughs> so uh, like that, there's so many anecdotes that I've had with people asking me, you know, so now what I do, I just have fun with it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, I said, no, I went to Mexico for a spring break for two weeks and I picked it up. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, seriously? And I go, no, seriously. Yeah, it's an easy language. A-E-O-U, and that's all you have to do. And then you just make it work. You so there's some things that, that I've found, you know, here that, but but to me, what's really important is, and I took this as a personal mission, to 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 get involved in the, the black community. Number one, to understand it, uh, you can't talk and share something you don't know. Mm-hmm. So I can Very talk good. about the black experience in the black community if I don't know it. So mm-hmm. I decided before you open your mouth, you need to know the black experience. Uh, and that has given me a lot of understanding and insight in how to navigate. Because at first I used to have clashes, you know, in the community. People said, well, you're not really black. And I said, well, the last time I checked, I was. And uh, so, you know, there was all these different, there was, but I realized that part of the tension was not necessarily because of you, but it was because of me. Mm. What I have been told that black people are aware. And it was wrong. It was actually a lie. Wow. Was, you know, wow. media will tell us that black people were criminals, lazy, underachievers, and they wanted everything for free. 
And when I started learning about the history, I realized, oh, no, no, wait a minute. Y'all are abusive. <laughs> it, I began to understand why, and I realized if I were living here in this country mm-hmm. as a black person, I will be mad for all the injustices that had happened and continue to happen today. And when I started reading about the laws, all these different laws that were in different states and how they were specifically created to hinder black people and and brown people, then I realized, oh, no, so I can't understand why black people will be mad uh, because and then. But the other thing that it made me see is the beauty of black culture, because in spite, in spite of that, black people have created beautiful music, beautiful art, beautiful communities. And and that's something that's inspiring to me to see that, that how can these people forgive all of this? And also, isn't it uh, very, uh, you know, strange how they interchange that definition of lazy uh, criminals? Don't I've heard that here recently about not us. Now they've switched the focus to our our other brothers and sisters, the our right. uh, la, our Latino brothers and sisters. They have interchanged that 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 uh, that stigmata to someone else. No, it, it has. And then, like for me, then being Latino, <laughs> when people say, "Hey, but Latinos are lazy," I go, "No, we work. We do this." Uh, and someone told me that, well, you know, you all bring drugs. I go, if you all didn't use them. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, not only do they use them, they fund the bringing. As they say, you bring it, they fund the bringing. They fund yeah, the planes. Yeah, so and we the wouldn't be, if there was not a demand, uh, would we would no not supply. be creating all of these things, you know. So, so, but you know, one point that you made that, that's really interesting is the, there's always an issue in the society, specifically in this one, to blame or to pinpoint someone else's flaws mm-hmm. with, the, with the whole intention of, of not looking at their own flaws. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so when people say they're taking our jobs, well, they're not, the jobs are for those who qualify. Mm-hmm. And if you have not, if you have not spent the time getting educated and growing, then definitely the jobs are not going to be for you. But the black community has been growing like black women, black women are the most educated part of the population today. Yeah, uh, yeah that's no accident. And Latinos are forwarders come here and we study and we prepare. So therefore, if I'm an employer, I'm going to give the job to the best prepared person. That's what we know that's related to salsa. And I think that we, I, I want to know where your salsa studio is, but I, I want to know if this particular situation occurred in said studio. Do we have that clip? Oh, Mike? I know. I know what he's talking about. It didn't, but. Is that Dr. Barnett? Ah! <laughs> With me, maestro. Dr. Barnett and Mr. Edwards I can't see cutting you, a rug. It is us. It is us. It was not his studio, okay. and we can't we can't give the location because we don't we don't I don't share all of my my fun oh, spots. Wait, wait, you been? I don't blame you. If you weren't but there, you don't I, need we, to know. We had the beauty um, of not only 
being I was taught by him but then every now and then as we cross paths and get out he would help me stay fresh with my steps and my moves and it was so fun always so fun being I like it I like it I need the next invitation aha we'll do that offline <laughs> Raul has been it's so fun to learn from and as you can tell his wit his humor he's got to be kind of sharp and punchy he'll get you if you're not uh, watching it so <laughs> with his with his jokes and what have you but it's been great and whenever he has I actually aspired to one day be a part of his dance troupe when they do the performances life is just too oh, busy awesome. and I just could not the, the demand of rehearsals and everything because he is a stickler for perfection like you all artists are you know Tedessa is a singer so all of you in the arts when you love and you're passionate about your craft you hey has to be right has to be right so yeah. I just couldn't give the time to it but I've enjoyed uh, learning from him and not just salsa and the fun but his experience as well and that's what today was about Absolutely. bringing all of these different aspects of what it means to be in solidarity and hopefully hopefully as others are watching and listening later even in days or weeks to come that it will inspire those who are near um, either black people or brown afro-latino whatever inspire you to have deeper conversations and think about what we have in common that can help all of us because we really are connected and bound bound um, in some some really wonderful and beautiful ways and what we can do on a continual basis to 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 move in solidarity yes and not only in the times because it will only make us more effective when times such as these occur when you know uh you know racism is rearing its ugly head and 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 we are trying to be marginalized and disenfranchised um in both communities um it only makes us stronger if we're prepared yeah so we can't get together only in these times in we tragedy, need to yeah. we need to make a, a more concerted effort to work together um you know in the times when uh, the it's situation is not as right. prevalent. Yeah. <laughs> and I so appreciate that you have made it a point. Um, I think it's good to close on this, that you've said very clearly that you took time to learn, to educate yourself, to really be part of a solution by becoming aware and being open to understanding. And I think that goes in both communities. We can definitely open up in our churches, in our communities, in our schools, and, and just friendships. We can definitely be uh, more open and make sure that we have time to do that. So I am grateful for everything that has happened today. And let me say again As am to I. Raul. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, mi maestro. Muchas gracias. Te quiero. You owe me a dance. You owe me a dance. Now we know each other. You owe me a beso dance. Un beso, beso. Thank you. Ciao, ciao. So to Justin J, I am so um, appreciative of this time. Oh, I think that you. it was rich. I I feel like I had a birthday treat, like a triple threat blessing, because to see these people I've not seen uh, in real time, of course, since the quarantine, and then to get this opportunity to share a little bit about how I have embraced um, this this mission, this charge to really help us grow together. Uh, part of it has stemmed from the fact that this is a lot about I, I wrote a lot about this in my video. dissertation. Oh yes, that's okay. where it came talking, from. You're wrapping up, and I'm like. Yeah, <laughs> he's wrapping up. Um, I, I wrote about this whole effort of the church being the place of beginning this type of work um, yes. and us realizing who we are and, and as one body and then reaching out with that mandate of love and especially where you are in, in your community. And it may be in my community because we are in their ward and there are a lot of black people and brown people, then that's where we start. But it may be that your community is a different cultural mix. But wherever you are, that's the place to start. That's the place to begin. 
Um, I am a big advocate of missions and international ministry and all of that, but I do believe that it's a, it's a how did my grandma, it's a crime and a shame, or it's a crime and a shame <laughs> to go far, far away and, and be lovey with people that you, you see just for a moment, but we can't do that with our here. neighbors right here exactly. near us. So it's both and. And I believe that as we open up to have these conversations and then to do more of the work, uh, we'll, we'll see some transformation and real change that lasts. So I am applauding you, ma'am, for making space for this. No, no, I thank, thank you, you so much for letting me have a little birthday treat. And I'm Absolutely. looking forward to, to, to more to come. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you to all of our guests. I think it was a fantastic conversation um you know i i i stand in solidarity with our latino and Afri- afro latino brothers and sisters and i mean i uh yeah so <laughs> i mean i i, I would i want to say i feel like i'm a part of the community in many ways but i don't want to be offensive or or whatnot but anyway guys don't forget i have we have a giveaway so some lucky viewer from today will yes. get uh um some bracelets like this and a and a devotional and I'm excited about that and happy birthday to Thank you. This was Dr. Like, Barnett. Yes. Mike, hit me with a little of my boo. I, I didn't hear my boo earlier. My my Mark Anthony and we're gonna get out of here. What song? Um uh, uh, uh Viva uh my Vivir mi vida, yes. that's my anthem. No, no, that's oh my, my goodness. Song. That's my song. Hey! This has been so great. This is Miss La, 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 la. Hey, that is my song. He's my boo. You can't have him. You can have the boo part. Thank you. (laughs) I'll be questioned, questioned, questioned J-Lo's motives. But nonetheless, anyway, we have had a fantastic time here today um, discussing Hispanic and Latino Heritage Month. You guys stay vigilant. Check out, uh, you know, just uh, type it in. There's activities and links and things. Um, But last but not least, Make sure you, you go register to vote. I say all the time, I'm not telling anybody what to vote, who to vote for, but get registered and vote. I think you can make your own decisions. Who is representing you the best? <laughs> so make your own decisions about that and get out and vote. You have to October 3rd to, to register, and then thereafter early voting will start. Go to ballot.org. Check out what uh, local candidates are representing in your area who are going to be on your local ballot. We got we have a lot of work to do, folks. I know yeah. we're marching and protesting. But I, I, I pray that as many people are marching in the streets will show up to the polls November Absolutely. 3rd. Absolutely. Or thank before. <laughs> yeah, early voting. That's the best way. But anyway, thank you, Dr. Barnett. No, thank you. Happy birthday. Thanks thank to all of our you. guests. You guys are fantastic. We, uh, Praise Revolution welcomes you back anytime. Um, and what? Y'all be blessed. Be dope. We're out. Adios. <laughs>